All right, so um, Clay and Joey are gone, so this is the intro now. Yeah, so um, uh, since Clay's gone and we couldn't afford a writer to uh, write any good intro bits, uh, that's all you get. Yeah, there you go. Welcome to the Roll for Insanity podcast. <laughs> Actually, I kind of like that one. It made it a lot simpler instead of having to sit there and try to orchestrate the whole intro. This yeah, one, I think I mean, it worked better. <laughs> honestly, with the declining quality of the past few episodes <laughs> intros... I think this is one of our better ones. <laughs> well, we're trying to tick it up a little. We have uh, we have Caleb with us today. Yeah, hello, it's me again. We're bringing the, the we're bringing the star power back. So yeah, the fan favorite. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, anyway, yeah. So Clay and Joey are out. Yes. Doing something. Yes. Uh, you know, this is the uh, this is our podcast right before Easter. And apparently they are hopping all over the place and got uh, family plans yeah, or something. It, you know, you would think they do it on Easter. Yeah, but, you would. You would but think maybe that. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's too busy on Easter. I guess. Or they're doing it with the time. the family they want to be with this week and the family they have to be next week. Uh, you know, you just never it. know. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, uh, yeah, just the three of us today. So it's Ryan, Caleb, Hello. and Caleb. myself, Kevin. So. Um, we wanted to kind of go through and talk to Caleb about kind of where he's he's almost terminated his uh, his party. Uh, we've we've hey, he's had a lot of pressure from uh, the four of us trying to get so him close. out of there. <laughs> we're, we're so close, guys. I think Caleb's actually in an interesting position that not a lot of DMs actually get to, which is having an official ending to your campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, That's the first I, one I had. Yeah, so <laughs> I think in a lot of cases, um, most people that gets canceled due to like planning issues or like players dropping out for one reason or another. And so very rarely have I actually seen like a campaign come to like a planned conclusion. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. It's it's just kind of interesting that. Are yeah. You, are you sure it's not a one shot in twenty episodes? <laughs> You know what? That would be uh, yeah, that would yeah. be the real twist here. <laughs> you guys, I plan this as a one shot. <laughs> he just I went mean, so wrong. Not gonna lie, it actually did start as a one shot because there is like a little like one shot they wrote in. So for for those at home, uh, I'm running a Guilds of Ravnica campaign, which is a setting based off of uh, Magic the Gathering, uh, huge city landscape uh, or city plane. So. Uh, one, no pirates because there's no like you know huge body of water. <laughs> Boo. So you know there's that. But two, um, yeah. So like it started off as like a one shot in the back of the book, and then after that, my players were like, "Yes, we need to play more of this." I'm like, "All right, I guess I gotta figure out something." <laughs> and I already knew there was some magic beforehand because uh, we had a wild magic sorcerer, and the first time they rolled something was in the middle of that one shot and it was to speak a command word and it would affect the nearest dragon in the area. Now, uh, in Ravnica there, the closest dragon was the leader of one of the guilds. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, just massive, uh, 
Niv-Miz at the Firemind, uh, able, you know, ca- the kind of dragon that's able to concentrate on two spells at once. Yeah, it's a giant <laughs> dragon <laughs> who's also an archmage. Uh, yeah, essentially that. And I told him, all right, you got one command word. And he said, kill. You know, Caleb, in a lot of DMs books, that would be the end of the session. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would say, like, I, I felt a little bit merciful in the sense of I just wiped out, like, all of the enemies that they had. And then him being as uh, hyper-intelligent but also as vain is, like, if you ever do that again, I will kill you next time. Because I didn't want to just be like, well, uh, that's the campaign, the guys. So, yeah. over, go home. <laughs> I told you this was a one-shot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, and what's really interesting is that this is actually the first campaign I've like officially run. Yeah. Uh, everything else has been a one shot up to this point, so it's really interesting to see like, wow, we're we're at the end. We got like three or four uh, sessions left, including like today. Uh, so I'm really excited to see what happens. Any it, plans on like what you're gonna do afterwards? Uh, I'm gonna take a break for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's probably a good <laughs> idea. Um, there was this one, uh book that i picked up a little bit earlier this year uh which or last year um it was the frost maiden one. Oh, icewind dale right yes icewind dale um i was thinking about maybe running a smaller campaign on that or maybe just a couple more uh one shots you know surrounding that but i think you know another campaign would be a fun idea yeah plus you know you're keeping yourself busy with our west marches too so yeah yeah for sure yeah Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I think I mentioned this, but Caleb is one of our DMs for the West Marches campaign. So um, mm-hmm. we actually just ran one of his sessions the other night. It was fun. Yeah. So um, so who's done it so far? You, you've had... Um, Jacob and Caleb. That's yeah. the only two. Yeah. So we're, far for the West March, yeah. Okay. We're trying to ramp up and get more people DMing. Mainly me, because I've had a session idea for a few weeks now, and I just haven't put anything on paper. So You're still running your the, own, though, right? Including the campaign, yeah. yeah. Well, the main one, I have the next session ready. It's just we haven't had everyone show up. And that's the whole point of West Marches, is like a supplement to our campaign, mm-hmm. where it's if on Wednesday nights everyone's there, we're going to run the main campaign. But if we're missing even one person, then we can just run West Marches instead. Right. So. Which, that's what's occurring with ours. You know, we were on hold for, we won't play for three weeks. Right. Because okay. uh, they're gone this week. Mm-hmm. We did record last week. We did have our, our gameplay. Um, next week is Easter. And next week's Easter. So, so we will not be doing that again. Right. So, you know, that it, it makes it tough because, you know, I don't, I don't think I'll even remember where we were. Right. And so the entire point is just to give some like people something to do. And just like, take their mind s- off. Scratch it. that D and D itch. And also Absolutely. it feels nice because you get to like progress on a character still. Like you're just playing a bunch of one shots, but it feels like it's worth something because the character like follows through, you know. Yeah, it's still the same character, uh gain the same amount of XP as everyone else. Now some of the um the gameplay that I've I've heard of and run into where they've been playing for years. Mm-hmm. It it is it's just a series of smaller campaigns. However, you know, they're they're older characters, uh, you know, higher level uh, for the most part. But I think it becomes more dynamic in the fact that uh, they're you know, like Ryan, like you were talking about yours where they're actually they have their controlling towns, you know, and I mean, they actually, are, it, uh, there's the economics built in. So, I mean, I think you can go pretty deep with that. Yeah, that was actually mm-hmm. something that I thought about. Um, we kind of debated on whether we wanted an overarching storyline for 
um, the West marches, like something that it all builds up towards. And ultimately we didn't really come up to like a decision. Um, so still kind of open if we want to like thread along like one main evil villain that's behind like multiple one shots <laughs> and then have like a grand conclusion with like level 20 characters or something. That's still possible. That just sounds like a campaign with extra steps. Kind of. It's a yeah. campaign <laughs> with rotating DMs. So. Mm-hmm. Which, um, I mean, I, th- I think that can outspice to it because, I mean, I think sometimes th- th- when the DM starts to get, you know, tired of the, the, the you know, every week, I think you can see it in the gameplay. Right. Right. Now, not necessarily you, Caleb. I'm not saying that, but, <laughs> but I am <laughs> but saying But he was that, implying it. Yeah. So, you know, the thing is, is that the DM starts to, you know, they can lose interest because <clears throat> most DMs want to play as well. Right. And you kind of get pigeonholed into that DM. We've talked about that before. Once you become the DM, the everybody. Forever DM. Yeah. yeah. They right. just basically assume you're going to do that for the rest of your life. I, th- I think the problem with that could be uh, if you have like this like big bad evil guy. Um, that's supposed to be like a secret, like, oh, it was the barkeep all along. <laughs> then you're essentially like every time someone rotates in, it's like, yeah, by the way, the barkeep is the bad guy. So, uh, <laughs> so you know, <laughs> ignore that for now. But the only people that get like the pure experience at that point are the people who aren't DMing. And we don't want to encourage those kinds of people. Right. <laughs> yeah. Consumers. They don't produce anything. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. But yeah. And so, yeah, there's obviously flaws with it, but it's something that we discussed. Um, and then I actually just now when before you had even gotten to it, I was thinking about like higher level characters going off and doing their own thing like this West Marches could actually spin off into like a right proper campaign where you have like 16th level characters that go off and found their own like cities and like countries or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the fact that that's there means that you have big scalability, but that's not something we're going to have to worry about for a long time, luckily. Yeah. So so now remember, when you start your campaign, make sure you get everybody to sign off on the waiver that anything you say and do can and will be used in my novel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> because, I mean, you know, when you think about that, when it gets to that point, you actually have some pretty deep story play. And, I mean, you know, it literally could read out like a novel. You know, I think a lot of um, characters are short term, you know, I think because everybody just kind of expects that the campaigns are going to last for a little bit. And then, like you said, you know, people start getting busy. They start, uh, you know, they change, uh, you know, their schedules and, and it gets harder and harder to meet. And of course, the DM starts to get a little burned out. And, you know, I mean, it just at some point, they just all seem to, to kind of, you know, poop out. Now, there are some guys that all they ever want to do is be a DM. Right. Yeah, and that's a special breed. And uh, my hat's off to them because that, that takes a lot because they're doing all the work. I mean, you know, it, the players don't realize that they just get to show up and, you know, live the story. You know, the DM's creating the story. Yeah. They get to see the show, but right. they don't know about all the rehearsals beforehand. Yeah, for sure. And then the dynamic, you know, if it's a good crew, like, you know, we have uh, our set, you know, probably what, six players that, you know, that we play with all the time. Yeah. We, we are, we're friends in real life as well. So, I mean, you know, we've known each other for a very long time. I've known everybody longer because I'm ancient. (laughs) So that comes with, you know, the gameplay that seems to go on and can perpetuate. So, I mean, I think it's good and I don't mind changing it up. I mean, I don't mind knowing like a one shot okay this character he's getting he's one and done i'm done 
Now, with what your West March, that's a little bit better because now you're actually saying I get to keep my character, right? But I could change him up a little, you know, depending yeah. on the in the you know the the scenario changes. Uh, the dynamic between the players, depending on who's actually there, is different. Yeah, I think the West Marches is a lot... I think of it as a really good platform for roleplay, actually. Um, almost, I want to say almost better than like a regular campaign, but it depends on who you have with you. Um, because in West Marches, you can develop not only interactions with like one party, but multiple parties of characters. If everyone has like two characters that they control like and the parties aren't like the same every single adventure then you can build rapport between like certain characters certain characters might rub each other the wrong way and you know that might look like you you choose not to play a certain character when you know that another <laughs> player is playing their character on that mission because or you're the peacemaker right and maybe there's like something that's like an imminent threat and you have like a friend who like reconciles the two of them and it's like okay you two have to work together because we have to stop this army from invading this town or whatever right, right. and so it, you create these uh, the, the way that i've been thinking about it is like an old school like role play forum where you would do like post by post but it's not like so much um everyone like communicating together in like one chaotic like space right you have like plot points that are driven on every week and like they might not all hook together but the cast is the same and so you like build those uh like relationships between characters and then also with the world and so you can kind of explore backstories and specifically if you have like a, pl a player who comes to a dm like any one of them and they're like i specifically want to explore my backstory as a one shot then as a dm you're like great because i didn't have any ideas for one shot so now i can go turn this into one super easily and as the player you're like cool i get to have my backstory explored and i get to bring along my like in character friends with me while i do it so. well i and i can see you guys as players um you know you go wow i really like that plot hook and he didn't take it anywhere i'm dm next week guess what yeah you know, exactly and that now yeah. you can go back and you can pick it up and and you know this is the way you wanted it to run in the first place. So now there you go. Like Caleb, I remember specifically after the last session that we played, we were like spitballing ideas around and I'm like, that's a good plot hook. I'm going to take that. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, is it, is it the trench one or is it the, no, not that one. That one's yours. <laughs> okay. But, um, you gave me some ideas. And so, and I was talking to like Joey and he's gearing up to do, I think a dungeon crawl. Ooh. Um, and so like you have DMS who have different styles and they can like, uh, it's like a think tank almost, but you experience each player's idea rather than just them telling you about it. And then once you get to the end of it, you're like, that was cool. How can I take this and bend it in my own way and do right. my own thing? So. And I, and I, I know that some DMS are a little more comfortable with, um, you know, the NPCs, uh, using them to kind of help and shape mold. Uh, I personally like NPCs, not necessarily to, to bend my, you know, my player's will, but that does happen sometimes. But for the most part, it's just, it gives it more. Now, are you playing with many NPCs in yours? Yes. There are so many NPCs because, uh, one of the things I really like doing, uh, as part of this campaign, since it is closely related to magic and I know a lot of, or like half almost like like the full party is like caught up on magic lore i like to reference cards a lot uh so sometimes they'll make me meet a character and it's like 
oh, I know exactly who that is because <laughs> I've like, you know, I play that card. So like one of the characters that is essentially beloved by the party is uh Lavinia. Uh she is a she has like two cards in magic. Um is a Azorius Senate member or enforcer. So kind of like a uh, a cop for the government uh kind of thing cuz like the Azorius is like the government branch of the entire plane uh or at least the 10th district. And uh along with that there's like a bunch of NPCs and different guilds that they like all meet up with. So like there is, uh, they met Judith who is a, uh, Rakdos performer. Uh, the Rakdos are kind of like, uh, demonic carnies in a way. Uh, they like to, <laughs> they like to put on shows, but they're usually very dangerous and full of demons. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of that kind of stuff. Uh, they meet guild leaders like Niv, as I've mentioned before. Uh, so there's a lot of times where like, uh i've realized the importance of npcs especially uh even like sometimes i do like i don't really add any dmpcs but i still have to like role play some of them as in like uh lavinia if she is you know led she would want to join combat with the party uh just so everyone's safe and that nobody like you know leaves dead uh and <laughs> That's that's kind of the thing of like oh there's like so many different characters that have a lot of different backstories and it is definitely like trained me in the sense of like uh, swapping between different characters especially when multiple NPCs are in a room mm. and especially when there is one scene where uh, they had to meet up with all of the planeswalkers to like gather the plan and you I had like to, ten minutes talking to yourself yeah basically <laughs> I I had to I had to like uh, be the MP like. I think like 10 or 12 NPCs in the same room <laughs> along with the party members. It was a, it was a grand old time and I loved it. <laughs> you know, and as a player, I expect each one to have a different uh, language and dialect, right? Right. Uh, yeah. not, not different language, but definitely like different accents for every single one of them. That's, so they're like, uh, ah, so to, like, you know, a Johnny's talking or Teferi is talking or right. know, one of them. Now, what do you, Ryan, do you use? NPCs too much. I've never really gotten to play with you. You've you've DM'd forever, but I don't think I've ever actually ever played a game with you. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't think I use a lot of NPCs, and most of the ones that I do, I do like I'll plan out a loose number of NPCs in a city that I think would be important for plot hook reasons, um, or if. That I know that my players would visit those kinds of places. But besides that, I just have a lot of generic NPCs that I come up with names for on the spot because my party likes to grill me like that. They're like, hey, um, what's this guy's name? And I'm like, this is just a random person you pulled off the street and asked where the library is. Why do you care? Yeah, but what's his name, though? But what's his name? And his name is Greg. Yeah. And then, I love Greg. And then like six <laughs> sessions later, they're going to be like, oh, man, uh, we don't know where this fabled book of lore is. We should go consult Greg. And I'm like... <laughs> yeah man greg uh now here's a question what has been your favorite npc that you have uh had as a dm um i had a mayor that was a, a horse once <laughs> that was pretty fun <laughs> I remember that. um i didn't have a token for him and we were in like the this one area that i have that's inhabited by beastmen and so uh i had a token for one of my, my players like paladin steeds 
and I just dragged it on there, and I'm like, yep, it's a, it's a horse <laughs> man, <laughs> and he's the mayor, because I didn't expect them to go to City Hall. <laughs> I'm like, why? This is like a frontier town, and they're like, we're going to go to City Hall and ask about the problems that are happening, and I'm like, okay, sure, don't go to the tavern, go to City Hall, and so they did. And then I didn't have a map prepped, so I had to draw the entire thing out by hand in like 10 seconds. And it was great. (laughs) I feel that. And the mayor was a horse. I feel that. There you go. What about you? (laughs) Mine would probably be the last campaign we ran. Um, I ran a small child who was kind of mischievous, but not not necessarily in in a... knowing way it was just kind of her her play and it turned out that uh she was pretty much the one that uh, was supposed to wrap up the whole episode but that's the one we went into uh the Ages whole pandemic ago. yeah mm-hmm. and the pandemic kind of shut us down we tried to do it online but i wasn't familiar with it so it was really clunky and and we just kind of ended it yeah, uh, we were almost pirates yeah well you were you ended up you ended up you stole well you you took the boat yeah, and we didn't uh, steal anything. No, you didn't steal anything. You he gave it to us. Yeah. And you then just, we started to get it armored and fitted with yeah, cannons. It, it was just a, a commerce. It was just a, a you know, a merchant vessel. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, that was fun because I got to do things that made everybody laugh, you know, and I like that. I like to put humor in my storylines. You know, I mean, like with the dungeon crawlers, those are fine. You don't have any NPCs, you know, very, I mean, very similar. Yeah. You can, but for the most part, a, gen- a dungeon like crawler is just that. Maybe. A talking yeah. skull that makes fun of you. Right. Yeah. I mean, you could have little things like that, but it's not something you're going to go back to. It's not like Greg. Okay. I mean, it's it could, not, be. It could <laughs> well, be. Greg. Could what be. if you steal the talking skull that makes and fun of you? just take it with you the Spencer whole time? Spencer is not here. So <laughs> the skull will stay. <laughs> Cade Goodbarrel would steal that skull. He would Heck, steal the skull. Yeah. Um, Hats off. Hey, come on, give him the nod. <laughs> Go ahead. Get, tell him it, it, this episode. Uh, Spencer, this episode <laughs> is dedicated <laughs> not to you, to Cade Goodbarrel. That's right. And his alter ego, Fred Bad Canister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, you know, maybe we can get him uh, <laughs> maybe hooked up for point, an episode. Yeah. That would be good to have Spencer come in. Maybe we can get Caleb and Spencer, and you know, and, and do like a you know, the uh, like an old reunion. Exactly, kind of thing. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh man. Okay, but the question that you asked was, what was my favorite NPC? And I gave you the weirdest one that I had. Yeah, the horse. Yeah, my I think my favorite would actually be um, that I, at least that comes to mind immediately is Vadam, who was a NPC that I made up on the spot that was like a tracker. Um, and because my party's all like, oh, we're going into the jungle. We need a guide. And I'm like, yeah, okay, fine. I'll give you a guide to the jungle. <laughs> I mean, you could just walk out there and find your way because <laughs> there's paths everywhere that you want to go, but sure, you can have a guide. And so they went to the marketplace and they found this guy named Vadam. And basically he is a human, which seems very out of place here. And, um, he was a rogue and also a guide and so he fought with dual scimitars that were machetes and um basically he did his entire job and then some a lot more (laughs) um he was only meant to guide them to like one village but he's just like 
Um, I'm just going to stick with you guys because you haven't paid me yet. And I, <laughs> and I think that if I leave, you aren't going to make it back to town. Yeah. And he was right. <laughs> because they didn't make it back to town at the we, end. We didn't make it back to town. Um, anyway, Vidam is fine. Uh, not to spoil anything because he <laughs> might. Ooh, what if he shows up in the other campaign? <gasps> Who knows? Can he please? But, nah, maybe. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> Yeah, he was fun. He basically, uh, he was like a guy of questionable morals, but then compared to some people in the party, he was kind of a saint. Like <laughs> at one point, they were torturing someone to get information out of him. He he was like a poacher, so like I guess he kind of deserved it. But Vadam's like, geez, you guys, that's that's really messed up. What are you doing? Vadam <laughs> <laughs> becomes the voice of reason. Yeah. Like, hey guys, so uh, it was after Theodore Moltz left. It was all downhill. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> but yeah um he was fun he spoke in a russian accent he he was a bro he was he was the homie anyway he was fun to play yeah and that's you know, like i said as a dm you, you do have that desire to want to play and the npc is kind of a good thing as long as you don't overdo it that's the thing i mean you know uh because you are definitely metagaming because you know the entire you know, the, the history, the, the present and the future. And so you got to play it, you know? Right. So speaking of metagaming, that has been somewhat of an issue that I've been running into, uh, seeing as how, uh, I'll be honest, the guys that I play with definitely know a lot more about magic lore than I do. Yeah. That's what you get for playing in a pre-established, uh, setting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sometimes they metagamed and then sometimes like, they're like, Oh, like who is this guy actually? Whoa. But it was like really funny to like, hear some of the reactions by like reveal names of villains. And they're just like, yep, I'm going to have to stay quiet for this one. Cause I know who he is, but Hey, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> Or uh, recently I came into an issue where uh, I gave them this fancy magical sword uh, that, uh, in essence, one of the like big like draws to it is that uh, it can kill any planeswalker like, on contact, but uh, the catch is that it will like, essentially destroy the, like, half of the sword once it happens. Um, and they're like, oh, we know exactly like who is a planeswalker. And I haven't said that he is a planeswalker yet in in canon, so man, hope none of Caleb's players are listening to this podcast. That would really suck. Yeah, that... stop listening in case more spoilers happen. <laughs> but but yeah, they they were all like, "Oh, let's just go like you know save it for this guy," and I'm like, "Ah, I see. Glad you told me the plan ahead of time. <laughs> now I can foil it in advance." <laughs> Exactly. Well, and you run into that anytime you have a set, uh, you know, backstory, yeah. pre-established module, something like that. Like that, you know, that can happen. See, your players made a rookie mistake, Caleb, because when uh, my players were going to go fight an evil boss that I said they were going to die to, uh, they created their own Discord and started talking <laughs> without me. <laughs> they still died, but. Not everyone. Almost all of them died. And then we <laughs> realized us, we realized retroactively that the other two probably shouldn't have survived either, but whatever. Hey, so. hey you know what? It added for story. And yeah, it did. It was yeah, really cool. Some, some backstory. And now you have a lot of trauma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Caleb's character from the first campaign is the only character that's still alive. 
and is still part of the like the party today. Yeah, I guess I would call it a campaign arc. Yeah, because it's like the same campaign. But anyway, yeah, um, yeah. Avison, the paladin, is the only character that has survived. It's also not Caleb's first character, though. Not my first character. My first character was Theodore Mulch, the a, a lovely little turtle druid. I, I loved him so. He much. He was too good for this world. I, I made I made like essentially was it neutral or lawful good i think he was neutral good yeah i made a neutral good character and then the party started doing like a lot of messed up things yeah remember when i said vadam was the moral compass despite the fact that he was morally corrupt himself yeah no theodore volch was the first moral compass and like after like he saw like you know some of the horrors that like the party were doing (laughs) he was like I can't, I can't do this anymore. And like, he basically like left in the middle of the night, like gave them all a letter, uh, with some like fun drawings in it. Cause he used to love to draw for like yeah. the party. And then like afterwards, like the paladin, he's like, he was the only good person in the group and we made him leave. This is a lawful evil paladin, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so when he saw that, he was like, dang it. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the other neutral good character I made. who yeah, or, the new no. moral compass. Well, technically she's lawful neutral. She's still a moral compass, though. Yeah. still st- She acts like uh, she's like such the mom character yeah, now. You're definitely because, the party mom. Well, yeah. And the only reason why she became the party mom is definitely the trauma of like, I really don't want to lose more party members. So we're just going to make sure everybody is taken care of. Meanwhile, all of your party members are going on benders, uh, setting up drug deals, yeah, like, stalking people. And try to do this like behind her back. And she's like, why? It's pretty easy to do, though, because she's blind. She is blind. <laughs> uh, but she does hear just about everything. So like, even when like people were hiding things, she's like, I know that's in your pocket. <laughs> you do realize that, right? Yeah. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> so... It's uh it's an interesting dynamic. And I think that brings into, you know, focus your mix, your party mix. Uh sometimes, you know, I can see where if, you know, even personally you feel that maybe the group's a little, you know, not on the same moral compass line that you are. Yeah, I'm very mm-hmm. laissez fair with my party. As long as they can all give me a reason why they would be a party, I'm like, okay. Um, but if you're going to make a, like a chaotic evil character and you're not going to play your alignment, I'm going to call you out on it. I'm like, your character's chaotic evil. You better be chaotic evil. And so like, you know, if my party wants to be all over the alignment spectrum, I'm not going to stop them, but they better play true to their characters. And if I have to write off or have them play or kill each other, then, you know, that's what happens. That's the game that we were playing with joey that was very difficult yeah for me to do uh it just didn't work it, because i didn't know what we were going into i mean i should have known you know playing I mean, with ryan I... and clay you know they're usually the you know moral neutral you know yeah, yeah. the more neutral the better i don't play evil characters no As... it, it's just like yeah i whatever. usually play neutral characters with a conscience but yeah. That specific character was, I'm here to kill people and get paid for killing people. And unfortunately, I was uh, chaotic good. It <laughs> so. made it very interesting. It was very hard to play. It was mm-hmm. extremely difficult to play. So um, now, not to say that it can't, because we did, you know, we were working together for what I, 
you know, envisioned as, you know, the good cause. Uh, they were making money. So, you know, everybody was happy, but, yeah. you know, for the most part. It, when you get things like that, though, you almost want to lay out the, you know, the land for your characters. You know, that was one that, and uh, not blaming Joey. You know, we didn't ask. That was my fault. <laughs> but uh, I'm blaming you know, Joey. Yeah. But I mean, that was just, you know, usually if I have something like that, I usually will shoot a message out to the, you know, the maybe the offending party, you know, the or the minority. You know, it's like, um, just so you know, the rest of them are they're all pretty. They're yeah. lawful and good. I don't think that we knew each other's alignments going no. into it either. We no. created yeah. all of our characters blind and we didn't meet each other until session one. So which yeah. I mean, honestly, that's that's just like playing real life. That's, that's how, how, I, that's how, how I like party. doing it personally. Yeah, that's it's just. But you might want to say that, you know, this is, a, you know, you're going into a town that you know is, you know, kind of like the, the gangster end of Chicago or, you know, something yeah. like that. So they kind of have a, an idea. If you're going to go in as, you know, lawful good, fine. But you know that you're going to be, you know, you're going to have a target on the back of your head right. you know, the whole yeah. time. But, you know, and like I said, I'm not blaming Joey. It's just we didn't ask. You know, we should have asked, you know. And it, and it was probably something that he wasn't thinking about, you know. That was his first run wasn't it yeah yeah so i mean you know he wouldn't have known that that's a you know that that can become an issue um we did it really good i mean you know we played like you know i didn't trust them as far as i could throw them and and you know, we saw you as somebody who could get us jobs yeah goody two shoes but he's got he can make us money you know so, <laughs> so it worked out yeah it worked you know but it was not really, well no no it was we were at each other's uh throats a couple of times yeah and you were outnumbered once the kid got thrown in jail so yeah, unfortunately, and he was he was a wild card anyway. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I'm not. I really don't know what uh, alignment he even was. I think he was good something. Might have been. But, I know. Uh, I know for me, in terms of alignment, I've I've had a very interesting time, especially with the Ravnica campaign, because I normally like how I run things is like uh, you can choose whatever like race or alignment you are, but the only thing I will like divulge is the classes, so that way like. Hey, so nobody's playing a cleric and nobody's playing any form of healer. Like, you know, if you guys want to try doing that to like help, you know, round out the party, that'd be nice. But, you know, just kind of like nudging in that sort of way of like, it's like, well, who, what's everyone else playing? It's like, well, we got three fighters. So if you want to be a fighter, you can. Dude, fighter squad. You don't even need a healer. They all have second wind. Exactly. But like, you know, that sort of thing. And then like the other like sort of issue that I ran into, it hasn't really come up like recently but everybody decided to choose a, <clears throat> a chaotic neutral character uh, uh, yes the we're all bound together by our current interest <laughs> being the same but none of our other interests are the same even a little bit yeah uh it's been it was very interesting because essentially like uh that's how i like i guess learned like i i wouldn't say proper railroading but like you know just having a little bit of railroading so it's like Hey, so uh, here's the objective, and y you guys all want to do it, <laughs> but just because, like, uh, after like you know the first mission, they're like, "Well, my hands are clean now, so uh, I can just head on home." <laughs> uh, just let them go home, and then their character's done. And especially since every other party member is from a different guild, yeah. so they really had no business together. You just go, sorry campaign's over you oh, went home i was gonna say that that's like a one shot in you know in in essence you know you come together for one one purpose um there's got to be something in it for each and every one you know fame 
glory, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. You know, mostly it's going to be money. You know, yeah. it, 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 that's the way it works. But um, now this particular campaign that we're in right now that we're hoping we get you into pretty quick here. We're getting there. You know, we've, we're a little uh, heavy ended, too. We have a very wimpy magic user. And uh, rude. Yeah. <laughs> and two barbarians uh, with minimal intelligence. Mm-hmm. So we have the thinker and we have the brawn. That's not a good mixture by any means. Hey, I, mean, you I know? think it works pretty good. It's it, like I have two pit bulls on a leash. Yeah, pretty much. But <laughs> it's been working so far. It, yeah, yeah. And I mean, let me tell you that leash is not very strong. <laughs> no, that's the problem. <laughs> Unless you tie us together, or you know? or the leash is actually really strong, but you you just go along for the ride at that point. You yeah, just that, like that's actually the more wind. accurate. Yeah. But I mean, that's, you know, you see these, uh, you know, heavy ended parties and, you know, sometimes it works. I mean, you know, back in the day when this first started, like I said, it was all pretty much it was all, you know, basically melee and fighters. I mean, you might have one or two of the really, you know, super nerds that wanted to try magic user. But I mean, that wasn't really, you know, when I first started playing any of the campaigns I played in, it was, you know, we called it hack and slash. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, for the most part, until I met uh, one of my one of the my best friends who got me into this, Dan started me playing and he he was devious. He played a rogue so well. And but he was very, you know, he didn't have much um, strength, mm-hmm. but he would constantly slip out of the party. And I mean, I don't know what he did, but half the time it, it, the party was in in battle because of something he did. <laughs> but but he would never get caught, you know. I mean, it was just, and I never played with anybody from that point forward, you know, going forward. That in the in the early days when I first started, you know, I'd played a lot of other campaigns, but nobody else played like that. And I just, you know, I started thinking, it's like this guy's got something, you know. Dan Dan knows what he's doing here, you know. It does nothing for the party, you know. It was he was, you know, it was all for Dan, you know. I mean, his character, mm-hmm. that's the way he played him. And I thought, wow, this is pretty cool. That was the first time I'd ever, you know, played for probably the next 10 years. You pretty know, a good way to make your entire party hate you, though. That's, well, and they did. Most of the time they did because he would he would start something and then he would just disappear hiding the shadows. Oh, yeah. You know, and I mean, and then he'd just wait till everything was done and go collect what was left, you know. Uh, I would throttle that character in game. You would, but you know what? He was also a rogue. So he was like picking all the locks. And that was back in, you know, 3.5 where, you know, who opens the locks? The rogue. Not the... A barbarian with a big enough hammer. Well, that's true. Yeah. You could do bash. Disarms the traps. A barbarian that runs fast enough. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They got trap sense for a reason. (laughs) Yeah. That's the... That supposedly is, you know, to use their minimal knowledge to say, "Mm, trap, bad, leave alone. You know, that's... That was kind of what trap sense was for. Not all... Bash quick, you know. I but think I remember having a moment like that where, like, I w- we were like in this like hallway. <laughs> this was my session. Yeah, it was it was your session. We're like, oh, uh, we were in this hallway. I was playing.